So today is the most important day in all my living. I no longer run away from my problems. <sighs> I face them full on. I took the joint leap in seeking professional help. And I'm being diagnosed with ADHD and OCD+. But before I go into that, you know, let me tell you about something. So today, I got an email that I got accepted for the Trinity College Access Program, yeah? So basically, the day that I get all the answers to all my problems, I get a letter of acceptance to go do what I love and chase um, my dreams of becoming a professional artist. It's kind of the most important day in all my life, you know? And a lot of people don't understand the realism side of what I want to do. To me, realism is the best policy. Honesty is the best policy. Um, There's nothing better than speaking the truth. You know, you have Russell Brand, Blind Boy, Macklemore and Kanye West and all these people who use their art to turn their life experience into what they do and what they love doing. And that's exactly what I'm here to do. So, first of all, I want to thank Sarah J. McCurry, Alborn, and Ellen Bulger. They're my biggest inspirations because they have been studying since they're practically six. They've been studying about fucking 30 years. And the work they put in, and they don't they don't expect any praise. They just do it because... Um, they just do it because they love what they're doing. So, before I continue, and before people start pointing the finger, that I'm just another prick looking for attention, claiming I have mental health issues for fame, let me tell you something, man. ADHD and OCD. Mental health and mental illness is no joke. I lost three team members through mental health. Olympic bronze medalist, my biggest role model, a 16-year-old kid who used to look up to me, and my best friend. If I was looking for attention, I'll be still living on the Cook Islands, sharing pictures of palm trees in paradise. In fact, the only reason why I returned home because I couldn't deal with the pain and suffering. And if I'm frankly honest, not only did I think of harming myself, but harming others. I've been stabbed. I have drove cars off mountains. I lost a baby. I suffered with addiction, trauma. And losing my best friend almost killed me, including almost losing myself, you know? It's people, these people make me out to think like, I was just imagining all this, that I wasn't suffering from a mental illness, you know? I have, there you have one of me, one of my best mates come out to me, right? Now, I love him more than that. I'm not here to speak negative about one of my best mates. But we were talking and he says, he says, Glenn, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that none of us went down a bad road or, you know, we didn't end up drugs or anything didn't happen. And I was like, are you for real? Like, you have a short memory. You came up to the Wicklow Mountains to save me when I robbed the car, when I drove a car off the mountains. You've also a short memory that I've been stabbed. Now, he says to me, he says to me, it was your own fault, right? And I was like, yeah, of course it was my own fault. I admit that. I was suffering with a mental illness. I've just been diagnosed with ADHD and OCD+. Plus. It's like, of course it was my fault. And then he's like, oh, preach, 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 you know? And that's the thing. It's like it's a crime 
to be to suffer from mental health and I don't give a flying fuck yeah if 90,000 people can see that I'm looking for attention if one person sees that I'm not looking for attention and that my information helps them then that's more than enough it was only over a month ago I threw my iPhone up against the wall smashing against my mother Um, I spent the sunniest of days screaming and crying in the park yeah now I love my mother but she can't see it and still thinks there's nothing wrong with me to this day my brothers too right I have the best brothers in the world and even they can't see it if my brother's having a conversation with me what he doesn't see is me thinking of how I'm going to survive the day I'm thinking of a million ways to die while he's thinking I'm alright that's the thing with mental health and a mental illness well mental health is, is different from a mental illness mental health is you know not being able to deal with everyday life bereavement you know your diet whatever getting down over stuff that gets in the way but a mental illness is being diagnosed with such as ADHD or OCD plus nobody can see mental illness yeah until it's too late when you reach out to people they tell you there's bigger problems in the world I see Caroline Flack is already forgot about do you think Caroline Flack thought about the homelessness do you think the late Anthony Bourdain thought about all the people dying of hunger when you're at war with your own mind when you want to die you don't give a fuck about anything else when I was living on one of the most secluded lawns on earth when I got my own island when I woke for a CV that can take me anywhere when I was in the middle of a mental breakdown do you think I really cared about anything else the only thing I cared about was dying seeking professional help was the best decision I ever made I can never fix the problem but I can understand it to be prepared to give myself the best possible chance for when the problem returns my vision of life is to speak up about my life experience in the realism form to me realism is everything my mistakes and my outrageous behaviour have already resulted in benefiting like-minded aliens that is more than enough reason to keep going I'm alive living and back to my best I would like to thank ADHD Ireland the best psychotherapist in the country Jonathan Havercramp my beautiful mother brothers especially you Adam my best friends and everybody all over the world that was unfortunate enough to cross my chaos so now we're going to have some fun put me on your iPod speaker sit back on the sofa close your eyes and imagine I'm taking you on a roller coaster ride up into the clouds and far far away if you're listening to this then you're doing one hell of a job because you're alive now grab a bird out of your fridge get the popcorn ready because every week i'm going to come back at the same time with a new podcast so now that i address the problem the problem goes away and since so many people is quick enough to bring up my past address me for the crimes i committed for suffering with mental illness including the 2888 mentally disturbed fucking facebook posts yeah i'm not going to delete them all right i'm going to leave them there to let people know it's okay not to be okay okay so let's talk about you know the disturbing facebook posts right so when i went to me i was uh, looking into publishers because i'm working on a book and when i went to me me um publishers they were like well you're gonna have to rebrand and um, have you anything bad on social media or we have a have you a dark past right and i says yes i do 
So I set up, right? I set up, um, basically, hours upon hours each night, deleting stuff and, you know, all the fucked up shit that I put up on the past, right? Because I was so scared. I used to get anxiety because I hate my past. I hate who I used to be, suffering with drink and, you know, suffering with ADHD and, and OCD with, with drink on top of it. Um, in fact, I was going to release my book in a different name under under the bias of... Uh, the Elias, I mean, um, <laughs> fucking ADHD, learning difficulties, what? But um, anyway, I was going to release it under the name of Oscar Riley because I was so scared of what people would have thought of what I've done in the past, right? But now I'm not going to do that yet because it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to make mistakes in the past, although everybody keeps bringing it up. It's perfectly fine. It's normal to make mistakes. It's normal to be disturbed while having a mental illness and not knowing you have a mental illness, you know, people can be so fucking mean towards me and towards everyone else, it's a lot of fucking bollocks, um, it took nanodying for me not to give a flying fuck what people think and that's the way it's going to be from now on, everyone's so quick to put a label on it, yeah, so from now on when I talk about ADHD or OCD, I'm going to refer to it as extra energy, yeah, so first of all, let's talk about adolescence, okay, where the first signs of outrageous behaviour started, okay? So, um, let's go back to when I was a kid in O'Connell School, okay? So, I was in O'Connell School. It was uh, a bleeding mad school with cages on the windows. All my classmates were raving nutcases, yeah? So, the first signs of outrageous behaviour was um, with Coca-Cola. I drank a litre of Coca-Cola on my break and I ran into the classroom and, um, I started kicking pencil cases, yeah? Um, started running across desks like a bleeding footballer and a sprinter, kicking pencil cases off teachers' heads and throwing stuff at them, and my mum was sent for. So then a few years later, I went on to, um, went into secondary school in O'Connell's again, and um, all of a sudden, I started spreading rumours about one of the teachers. He was on vacation in the States, and me and the boys started spreading rumours about him, especially me, that he was... Um, abducted by gay bikers, right? And the the outraged behaviour, I look back at it now, it was disgraceful. Uh, the pain I caused, the suffering, you know, I even fucking put one teacher into early retirement. And, um, but to me, I, I thought it was normal, you know, I didn't have a clue. So when when the teacher confronted me, says, Glenn, are you having problems at home with um, your family? Is your, is your mum and dad okay, you know? Why would you spread a rumor about gay burgers? It's, it's it's certainly not normal, you know, about him getting abducted. So the worst part about that was I was so scared that my father, Lord of mercy on him, was going to kick my ass. So I pretended to be deaf, right? Now this is no word of a lie. I'm not I'm not looking for attention. This is the this is what it is when you're usually when you're looking for attention, you're in desperate need of it. And um, that's that's what it was. Um, I played deaf. The teachers were screaming at me. I pretended to be deaf, yeah. They were talking and screaming in one ear and was going out the other ear. Literally pretended, ah, ah, can't hear, can't hear, I'm, I'm deaf, yeah. So they even went through the trouble of sent me to the Irish school of hearing in, um, in Cabra, yeah. And uh, I was like, what the actual fuck? I was, we could hear 100, 110%, yeah. So I went and I had to take little soldiers out of them and bow every time you hear a beep. And you know the worst part about that test is, right? 
The worst part about that test, I got a hundred percent in that test of hearing my hearing was perfect, if not a hundred and ten percent, right? And they sent me back to school and I was warned that if um I don't stop back in the bollocks, I'll be kicked out of school. Now the worst part about this is, right? Um my mother thought I was normal. Ah, it's it's alright, Glenn's just looking for attention, you know. She didn't think I had a a melting illness if uh, that's what we like to call it. Um so from there it was just fucking nuts you know i end up on a first course a few years later and um i just start i had no impulsive control i start uh, one morning i was in school and me and a, uh, me and a fella from um summer hill we were sitting together and we were always we would drive off each other's energy and we just start lobbing calculators at the teacher bouncing them off his head and you know stuff like that i look back on how did i not notice it then um I thought it was just normal, you know, I thought it was, I was this fucking legend, giving everybody a laugh, giving people what they wanted, you know, and that's how I kind of ended up going down the wrong road, and one time we were up in the mountains, the Wicklow Mountains, and the same teacher, you know, I hit with a snowball, and um, I, I kind of cut, cut the back of his head, and he came back to the to the end of the bus, and seeing that there was snow in my hands, and then he made me walk home, and it was only for the other teachers that they drove back and got me, you know, just to give me a lesson, but the thing is, it's, it's not bleeding funny. It's, um, it's, when does it stop, you know? You're playing with fire. Um, and the list goes on. I could talk ages about this. We be, I'd be walking through Moore Street and I'd just lob a tomato over my head. And I remember I had these, uh, two Chinese kids. They were, um, dressed in all white, ruining, ruining their clothes. And they, they fucking came over and was, you know, was going to kill me, whatever. And I pointed at one of my other friends. It was him, it was him. And then they went to kill him. So he run, he ran. He got the chase of his life. And um, I just I was just laughing, thinking it was funny. That poor bleeding fella could have got killed. Do you know what I mean? It's it's nuts. And it goes from there to, you know, climbing um, climbing up a school. And uh, I started throwing plants off at people walking by. I could have fucking killed somebody. I was 16 and... You know, I thought the behaviour was normal. I was, I was, I was in need. I wasn't accepted. I was always made out to be mental and crazy. And you know, I would do this outrageous stuff that I look back now on. And finally, I realised I get answers today to, you know, who I really am and learning to deal deal with the problem. But uh, even you know, one stage, I was hiding one of my boxing coach's false teeth in one of my friend's bags, and absolutely uproar, there was murder in the dressing room, I got a bleeding, a sweeping brush swung at me, bounced on me back, and it was just pain deep down inside, I, I, I thought it was normal, you know, hiding your um, boxing coach's false teeth, and then the trouble with, with me ma, you know, on holidays, the list goes on, it's, we were at a restaurant in Turkey, and I ended up uh, burning my mum with a sparkler, she was just sitting there, and she was annoying me. I don't know what came across me, but um, I just stuck the sparkler to her arm, not thinking of the, the consequences, you know? And all of a sudden, I was sent away from the table like an orphan, you know, to eat on my own, and I was crying, and because deep down, I didn't mean it. But um, it's funny, because my mum still still thinks now, even after being diagnosed with fucking ADHD, OCD+, and extra energy, whatever you fucking call it, that I'm normal. That does nothing wrong with me, you know? Um and then it's like you mix alcohol with that, you put you put 
a drug in your body on top of of a mental illness and just a chaos starts you know where do I start being stabbed robbing cars when does it stop and then you have people still speaking up saying you know ah he's looking for attention he's uh, just using mental health or mental illness uh, for fame these stuff actually did happen and my best friend is in a grave right what if everybody else spoke up about their mental illness certainly more lives be saved um, it's 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 nuts yeah a year and a half I came home to seek professional help that's the reason why I returned and I've been told to wait a year and a fucking half to get answers to why my mind races to why I do the things that I do right a year and a half that's that's not normal you know I know a person and his daughter wasn't even 10 and she couldn't deal with who she really was. She wasn't accepted. She was she was chaos in school and everything. She was only about 10 and she was harming herself because she couldn't deal with who, was, who she really was. And she was told to wait a year and a fucking half. Are you fucking... Are you kidding me? A year and a fucking half. Like, do the government actually give a flying fuck about us, right? They do in their bollocks. And then people say... People like us, you know... Ah, you just don't think. So, let me tell you a story about just not thinking. It went the time when I nearly killed the Jack Russell. So, like, I'm in Darwin, and I'm on the back of a quad. I'm driving a quad. I have a Jack Russell on the back of the quad, yeah? And um, one of my good friends that seen behind me, Chaos, looks after me, and still keeps in touch to this day, Jason met him. He's driving a dirt bike, and um, on the uh, quad... I'm rallying at about 100 miles per hour. I'm going as fast as I can, basically, without exaggerating. Um, and I wasn't thinking. I was trying to ram my friend off the bike, messing, just to wind him up to get reaction, reaction shock value, yeah? And I jam on the brakes, right, at the edge of a cliff. And no word of a lie. He'll tell you this, yeah? As I says, I'm not looking for attention. No word of a lie. That Jack Russell went about 20 feet up in the air, right? The Jack Russell is spinning doing cartwheels in midair and then it ends up on um ends up in a swamp right in one of the most crocodile infested swamps in the world and my friend is screaming at me right my friend is screaming at me uh you just don't think you just don't think you fucking dickhead you just don't think he's screaming you just don't think do you think i like throwing calculators at teachers do you think i like almost killing jack russells i would never harm a fucking fly the real people that know me no i only try to make people happy yeah and then i started screaming and crying in my mind and i was like why does he why can't he just accept me for who i am why can't he understand that the problem is that i have this extra energy that i just don't think i just lash out and do these things because of my extra energy right and it's then you go there you go last month like well six weeks ago two months ago whatever it was my mum asked me, how am I dealing with Nana dying? Letting go of my best friend, right? I threw an iPhone past her, smashed my brand new iPhone against the wall and started screaming at her, right? It's, and then she's, because she says, I, I told her I was dealing with the same way I dealt with all the recent deaths that have happened in, in my life that I'm using it for energy, right? And then um, she says, ah, it's all about you. 
And that really killed me because how can she not understand me? It's not all about me. It's it's about, in fact, it's about everybody else, yeah? So the no impulsive control and the outraged behaviour, it's just, it just never stopped. And, you know, so why did I leave all this time to seek professional help? I didn't know there was anything wrong with me. The same with drink. I was delusional to the problem I had. I just didn't see it. People told me I needed help, yeah? I was afraid to be told I was mad. I was afraid to be told I was insane. I always knew I was special. One of my best friends, Emma Brennan, told me, years, telling me toward the years, there's something wrong with you, Glenn. You know, you're not normal. You need uh, you need to get help. And I would think I'm in the Illuminati. I would think that I'm an alien, yeah? That there's so much skill in this body that I can do anything that I want with this earth. And he'd say, no, 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 Glenn, like, come on, that's not normal. And I'd still say to him, you're jealous, you know? And he'd, he'd be like, he'd be there trying to help me. He'd stick by me to this day. And I would be convinced I'm in the Illuminati. The Illuminati fucking Natty. Like, Jay-Z, I'm from fucking Doris history for fuck's sake, yeah? So, let me take you back to one of the darkest times of, of my life, right? Um... In the paradise in, in the Cook Islands. But first let me go a bit, bit further back, you know. About the first time um how mental illness was getting to me and when I start getting um intrusive thoughts about harm myself and the first signs of a of a mental breakdown, not being accepted and hating how everyone made me out to be crazy, you know, being ashamed, the guilt, it's uh it was a return home for a holiday and I was uh I was walking for a bit in Dundrum and it was just for a few weeks before moving to the French Alps and it was the time I was still drinking at the time and I was fucking I was on me rock I remember I was walking with a gay fella and um, I used to just he'd start walking a bit later to me because I was the chef I would get I would start in the morning to get the stuff done right and um, I would start hiding behind the wall sucking cucumbers right and just looking at him. And he'd be like, there's something wrong with you when he'd be falling around laughing, right? Because the thing is, I drive off people, and the more people laugh, the more I do all this crazy stuff, right? But I'd be sucking cucumbers, and this guy would be just looking at me like, you were playing mental, whatever. So then in, in work, obviously, nobody took me serious. Well, do you blame them because I was sucking cucumbers? Of course you're not going to be take. Have I seen somebody sucking fucking cucumbers, right? I think they're off the blade and rocker. But to me, I thought it was normal, right? So, in in class, uh, I... In in work, let's say, not class. In work, um, I was taking the bins down. And I was only five minutes taking the bins down. I came back up and my boss started screaming at me. I've gone hours, whatever, and... I felt like nobody took me seriously. I felt everybody made me to be crazy. Everybody hated me. I didn't want to be on this earth. And, you know, the four signs is... I thought about cutting my finger off and giving it to her. No word of a fucking lie. Um, I was in pain. I was numb. And, you know, I just wanted to give her my finger to show her. To put her in. Let her feel the pain that I was in. And I ended up going to the toilet. And I went upstairs in the toilet in Dundrum. I don't know if any of you have been in the toilet in Dundrum, but... um. The toilet in Dundrum, it's very dark, it's black. And um, I felt this kind of evil spirit around me of ropes around my neck. Um, and it was the scariest thoughts in my entire life. Um, it's absolutely nuts, you know. 
looking back, how did I not notice the problem then? So I reached out to my family when, when this happened, yeah, in 2017. And I, I told them I need professional help. I reached out to people um, to to help me. And they they couldn't see in my mind. They thought you know, I was just looking for attention. Of course, they thought I was just looking for attention because of my behavior all over the years, right? But deep down, it was more to that. I was in pain and the thing is with mental health you can't mental illness yeah you can't see it if if there's a guy if you're in hospital yeah and there's people sitting lining up waiting to get um queue up you know you see the patients you see the patients have um cancer have aids have all other sorts of uh, illnesses you can see that yeah you can even see a chronic cocaine addict or an alcoholic that they have a problem but when you have a problem with your mind nobody can see it you can't see it, it's invisible, and that's why a lot of people, you know, people say, ah, you'd never think they there was anything wrong with them, but it's because it's invisible, that's what mental illness is, um, so let's go back to Atutaki, now, I don't like talking about this because it's in the past, and um, but that's one of the reasons why I returned home, Atutaki is uh, one of the most secluded islands in the world, I was living there for, for the good part of six months and um, I was hating my life um, I was in the most negative work environments if I've ever worked in the most negative work environments um, and I'm not here to talk about anybody to point the finger and blame anybody because of my mental breakdown okay but um, I, I chose to be there so let's just say that some things are left uh, best for a book anyway Um and I remember a girl flew all the way in from Australia to see me and I ended up getting one for Ireland for the day for us we go over now one for Ireland is one of the most secluded islands in the world um, it's palm trees it's the bluest ocean the whitest sand that squeaks you will never see anything like this in fact she's been to 100 countries and she says to me Glenn you actually live here and it's nuts, you know. But I didn't think of it like that. The second I stepped onto one for Ireland, everything went black, right? And I started hating life. I was on really good money. I um, had a CV that, you know, I could move to LA, move to New York, move to Madagascar, cooking professionally. Um, that was the dream. And everything went black and I started to lose lose my mind it was like I've dreamed of this place since 2012 and how I was going to live there how I was going to move there and it felt like I had nothing else to live for I you could say in a humble way that I felt like I completed life and um, I got my own private island for um for Christmas I actually got one for Ireland for Christmas and then I started getting thoughts well that's where I'm going to go to kill myself when um it's even crazy thinking about it. Oh, fucking hell, it's nuts. But, oh man. <sighs> but yeah, I got my own private island and on my best friend's anniversary, I was like, well, that's it. There's nothing else to live for. And I started hating my life. So why didn't I do it? Um, well, I was scared. And it was like, something was telling me deep down that it's not worth it. You know, it's that 
something was telling me something was ho- I was holding on that I had purpose because I believe people need to hear my story I believe my mission in on life is to help people yeah so then we got the strangers of phone calls right I won't say his name but you just need to know this I spent about a week with him in Darwin and I got a phone call on um Facebook Messenger right and the phone call stated um uh, I missed the phone missed the, missed the call and I says uh, were you looking for me who's this and the guy called me and he says Glenn are you alright I says yeah he says you don't remember me do you I says no um, well I kind of do but I meet so many people that you know on the road it's uh, travelling seven years you meet fucking billions of people but anyway he says I'm just calling you and I knew something was up and I says mate you alright how come you just calling me now and he was like well the reason why I'm calling you I wanted to kill myself I can't deal with my ADHD and my energy and I was like whoa 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 slow it down and that person that spent a week with me yeah he's reaching out to me to call me to speak to me because he can relate to my story yeah and I'm like what the fuck so that person if you're listening to this yeah you played a major role and saved my life and getting me to where I am to this day and I'll never be able to pay you back for that and that's exactly what happened you know I returned home because I was I was terrified not being able to deal with the pain and terrified it will come back like my obsessive thoughts the OCD plus you know um, the boss that was putting me in the boss that was treating me like shit now I was suffering mental illness there's no excuse for anything but I was getting thoughts like I was going to stab him in the arse mad stuff that was going through my mind now your mind is like you can you can have all these crazy thoughts and it's legal but if you act on them it's illegal so it doesn't matter if if I got these thoughts once I didn't act on them so it's it's just um, it's nuts you know let me make this very clear you know although everybody makes it out makes me out to be crazy this is by no means a disability it's if anything it's an ADHD and OCD success story so the positive sides of ADHD after talking about all the shit it's um let's talk about all the way back in my boxing career I was I was never this talented boxer I was never going to be a Keith Boyle a Darren Sunderland a Dino Murphy and Emma Brennan yeah I was a skinny scrawny cunt with acne I couldn't bless myself if I find the street to this day fucking a 15 6 year old boxed the head off me right but I had one thing that a lot of people didn't have and I had extra energy and I knew it. I knew it from the day, day that was born. Um, so I used to train 10 times harder than most of the people, right? And I used to do 10 miles, run 10 miles a day. If someone was doing five miles a day, I'd run 10 miles a day. If someone was training twice a day, I'd run three times a day. And I used my energy to get myself to three national finals, right? I won and all on all in title with ADHD well everyone wrote me off yeah it's um that's what extra energy is I remember being in the semi-finals of a tournament and the fellow on the other side of the draw which was in the final he he says to me uh, you're going down next week sausage he says to me the worst thing you could say is you're going down next week sausage because I'm going to set my alarm at 6 eight, six fucking a.m. in the morning and I'm going to wake up and look in the mirror and I'm going to visualise that man's face until I get what I want and I'm going to use it for energy that's exactly how I got to where I was, right? So then you have, you know, how did I use it? I left 
I left Ireland in 2012 on social welfare. All my mates and everybody says I'd last one week away. Yeah? I used it to travel the world for seven years, right? I used it in on a construction site. I'd turn up and I'd, people, he would say, right, Mr. Murray, what are you here to operate? And I'd just look at the, the easiest thing to drive and I'd just point that steamroller and he'd say, right, hop in. And then I'd, I'd say you have... No, something around my bowels or, or my stomach. I go to the toilet and I go onto YouTube and I learn how to drive a steamroller. And then I'd get caught, and he'd like he wouldn't take me serious, so he'd give me a different job. And you know, I'd use that energy to to get everywhere. Six months, I was flown to the most secluded land in the world, cooking professionally. I still don't know the difference between a medium rare steak and a medium steak. I'm telling you now, this is God on truth, right? And that's what the energy is. It's um, I've used my energy to become sober. When my friend, one of my friends, says when I told him that I was going to give up social media for a year, I was going to become sober. He says, "Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right." He says it three times exactly like that, right? And I'm telling you, I had this extra energy that I visualized his face, and I was like, "Why is he saying that? Is does he not take me seriously? Does he think I'm incapable of doing anything?" And um. What happened? I says I was going to become sober at 30. I became sober at 30. You know, you look at the greats with ADHD and the likes of mental illness. Michael Phillips, the most decorated Olympian of all time. Einstein. Will I am. And many more. It just goes it just goes to show what you can do if you put your ADHD to it. Dating, you know, let's talk about the ADHD side of, of dating. I struggled for years, you know. I was always on edge anxiety and depressed thinking about what woman what women would really think if they found out the truth i was ashamed embarrassed and guilty of the crimes i committed under adhd it's you know what would happen if she found out i've done this i've done that i would always live a lie and it would kill me and you know i wouldn't let my mates near near my um near my any of my friends, you know, and even, let's talk about, about, like, my girlfriend is so open-minded, I have a girlfriend now, right, she's so beautiful, and so accepting, and open-minded towards the real me, and my mate, one of my best mates came up, and met her for the first time, and the first thing he says, you know, he says, Glenn, did you tell her about the time you shit in the bed, right, and I used to get anxiety and depressed because I hate myself for the stuff that I've done, yeah? I couldn't sleep thinking about who I was. And then my other mate says to, says to me on the phone, he says, oh, the past is going to come back to haunt you. Does your new girlfriend know yeah, you used to piss in your mouth when you were drunk, right? And I'm like, fucking hell. I couldn't sleep for a week straight, seriously. But then I was like, doesn't matter if I pissed in my mouth and shit in the bed before. All that matters is, once I don't piss in my mouth and shit in the bed now, the past does not fucking matter. People can be so quick to build the past, right? I hate the past. So that's why next week I'm going to give you sober sex. Use ass for it, so you're going to get it. Sober fucking sex, right? But anyway, um, let's talk about Kanye West for a minute. Um, I'm a big fan of Kanye. You ask anybody, right? You ask anybody. What do you think of um, Kanye? And the first thing they'll tell you is... Um, first thing they'll tell you... Uh, an arrogant, obnoxious cunt, right? 
egotistic bastard, yeah? But Kanye West has bipolar. Kanye West is mentally ill. If you look at Kanye West, you look into Kanye West's eyes, you can see he's lost. There's a reason, there's a method, there's a method behind his madness. The same with me. Kanye West is human. And Glenn O'Reilly Murray is human. So fucking give us a break, Jesus Christ. Leave Kanye and me alone. But anyway, you know, I was... When I went back over, um, when I started researching the statistics of uh, ADHD and, you know, I was shocked. 37,936 patients with ADHD in Sweden, yeah? Out of 7,019, there was... Compl- there was 7,019 completed suicides, yeah? For ADHD patients, the risk of suicide is 30% greater than for non-ADHD patients, yeah? The the reputation in society alone with ADHD is an excuse or a punchline. And yeah, these statistics is there, right? That's 3 in 10 people with ADHD kids killing themselves in Sweden, right? And you still say that? We're looking for attention. Will you get the fuck out of me gaff? There are many reasons why the risk is higher, especially when multiple conditions exist in the same person. For instance, my ADHD with my OCD+. plus, Strong emotions, both physical and emotionally. Rejection. Sensitive dysphoria, which makes rejection, acceptance, painful and fucking embarrassing. That's what I have to deal with on a regular basis, yeah? Low dopamine. Always looking for something new to boost. The interest and excitement. This can lead to addictions. In search to feel normal and happy. Also, the satisfaction in relationships and life in general. Right? ADHD is no joke and mental health is no joke. Impulsivity. An impulsive person is more likely to act on his thoughts. Impulsivity and impatient can lead to frustration. That leads to suicidal thoughts. Exactly what happened on the island and in the dundrum fucking toilet. Isolation. Social awkwardness can be connected with ADHD may result in feeling alone and deficient their perceived failures in life due to their impulsiveness emotions and problems performing daily tasks can make ADHDers feel they will never get better and that there's constantly something fundamentally wrong with them you look at Taiwan right you go to Taiwan I've done the research in fucking Southeast Asia yeah out of 412 kids in Taiwan, 8.7% of the kids uh, were ADHD, um, tested positive for ADHD or were diagnosed with ADHD, whatever. 20% of them had suicide thoughts. 20% was present with suicide thoughts. You know, higher risk for suicide, for suicide compared with children who don't, do not have ADHD. The statistics show that it's not this imaginary disease, it's a mental illness, and it should be taken serious. You know, the poor treatment dates back, let's talk about, you know, all the way back to 1817. Thomas Royce appeared before the committee, describing accommodation for people with mental illness, unfit for dogs, right? Disturbed, disturbed patients were physically restrained in a way that led them to losing the power of their limbs, chained to a fucking bed. Corpse lay there for, de- for days, yeah, without being removed. And females were sexually exploited, yeah. You mean to say I would have been chained to a bed if this was years ago, if I was born a few generations before? When a strong man or woman 
gets a complaint of madness. The only way they can manage is by making a hole in the floor, not high enough for the person to stand up, with a crib over it, to prevent his getting up and getting out of the hole five foot deep. They give the wretched being his food there. There he generally dies, yeah? Bizarre experiments circulating. Also, they used to spin people around in the chair 600 times a minute, or 60 times a minute, right? They used to spin people and put, spin people on chairs and put people like me down holes to feed us, right? Mental, mental illness and mental health is, is no joke. I wouldn't joke about stuff like that. I may not take life serious, serious, but this is fucking serious, yeah? Families used to take part in wintering in. They would drop the mentally ill child off in winter and leave them there until they need them back on the farm. Insulin coma is another one, yeah? People being put into a coma a few times a week and most of them diet. Robotomies, right? The connection between the two hemispheres of the brain, they were cut off, cutting out a part of people's brain. You mean to say if I was born a generation or two before, I'd be strapped to a bed with chains, put down holes and tortured for being disturbed and needing professional fucking help? It's an absolute fucking shambles. It's a joke, right? So, here we are. Assessed and why, you know? There's a reason why to this day society portrays mental health as a joke. In fact, the people that made me out to be crazy all my life is the same ones with chronic cocaine addiction who spend all weekend up on benders and all week suffering with anxiety and depression using scrolling for escapism, right? The difference between addicts, AIDS, cancer and any other disease is no different. And the best way to kill that disease is to feed it the right information, to understand it and overcome it. The same way I defeated alcohol, looking it straight in the face. Nobody's perfect. Some suffer with their weight, others with addiction. And others with mental illness. Learn to accept it, to love yourself for who you really are. And use it to your advantage. If you don't seek professional help, the problem may only get worse, like me. Like carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Learn to understand what triggers it, and what doesn't. So, then we have, you know, let's talk about medication. And why it doesn't work for me. I'm an addict. I have an addictive personality. I was hooked on alcohol for over 10 years. I get depressed and down. I don't want medication to take me down to normality. I'm feeling low. I have looked what antidepre- I have looked at what antidepressants have done to my grandmother. Medication is, is not for me. My medication is is training. Is is um eating right. It's um CBT. I haven't looked in I've just started to look into CBT, so I'm not educated on that so I can't um, I can't speak about that. Um what do I know about ADHD? Um I know if I put drink alcohol or drugs in my body, sometimes I try to start revolutions. I end up getting stabbed and driving cars off mountains. It's very, very dangerous. It doesn't agree with me and it fucks my head up. I know I need to have structure, a sleep routine and a healthy balanced diet and my mind will start to race and it will become very negative. I know one thing for sure. I can't be scrolling, looking at all the fake shit on Instagram. I know I can't surround myself with negative people. Negative people give me negative disturbing thoughts. Psychotherapy and CBT is my new medication. For the rest of my life, yeah, I can be happy. Learn to live with my superpower, most of all understanding it and what triggers it. In fact, while we were talking about ADHD, 
of decided all the profit from my first book, Read This When I Die, will go to ADHD. It is important to raise awareness. If somebody is listening and can relate to all the fucked up shit and outrageous stuff that I've done, it may save that one person's life. That is more than enough. There's methods to everyone's madness, including Kanye West's and including mine. If you're affected by the contents in this podcast, I would would recommend contacting the Samaritans or ADHD Ireland. They have helped me. It's okay not to be okay.